Welcome to the Make Moves podcast. I'm your host, Clayton. I'm extremely passionate about teaching other humans how to take care of their body and incorporate mobility training to move better and feel better. My goal is to also help other health professionals learn how to utilize social media to build online businesses in a fun and sustainable way that builds a strong community. In this podcast, I will be sharing ideas and stories to help connect the dots in your own mind and help you make moves on the things you want to create and build in your life. Tune in to hear shared ideas from experts and people that I think can add value to your life. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Welcome to the Make Moves Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Correctos. Um, So Correctos are medical-grade silicone toe spreaders that help you regain the form and function of your feet. Um, So if you have stiff, um, achy, weak feet that are kind of brought about by wearing um, traditional footwear uh, these days, so thick-soled, lots of cushion, narrow toe box, super rigid, um, you're essentially putting your foot in a uh, sensory deprivation box of, of sorts, if you think about it. So imagine if you put your hands into boxes all day and try to do things throughout your day over time. Well, first of all, it would be super, super hard. But second of all, you would lose the ability to be, you know, have fine motor control over your hands and fingers. You will lose the ability to be dexterous and, and so much more. So that's essentially what we're doing with our feet in traditional modern day footwear. Um, so a way to remedy that is to one, just kick those shoes off, um, find a pair of barefoot shoes that are um, WTF. So they're wide, thin, flexible, and flat. Um, and so that can help you regain form and function of your feet. And if you found that your toes are super squished together, um, like your pinky toe comes in and your big toe starts to go in, whether you're starting to form a bunion or not, um, if you start to see that your toes are not the widest part of your foot, it's really helpful to be able to regain the, the natural form of your foot and regain function and strength. So Correct toes are silicone toe spreaders. They're super robust um, and they're super modifiable. And it's just such a great tool that I use all the time because I've shoved my feet in soccer cleats all growing up and then shoved them in climbing shoes and also have shoved them into cycling shoes. Um, I'd say all the other times in my life, I'm wearing barefoot shoes, wide toe box, thin flexible sole. But for those times that I'm wearing kind of awful shoes, I really like to utilize my toe spreaders to, again, try and reclaim that form and function of the foot. So as a special offer of being a Make Moves podcast listener, um, if you want to order a pair of correct toes, you can find them on Instagram at correct toes or their website, www.correctoes.com. And if you use the promo code make moves at checkout, you get free shipping on your entire order anywhere in the United States. Um, so again, that's correct toes. And if you use promo code make moves um, on your checkout, you get free shipping throughout anywhere in the United States of America. Um, so Thank you again, Correctos, for being a a proud sponsor of this podcast. I really appreciate you guys. And let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Make Moves podcast. I've got my good friend. You're probably familiar with him by now. um, Tyler, thanks for coming on the show again, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Clayton. So this quick chat here, we're going to be diving into HRV, um, heart rate variability, um, what it is, what's the importance of it, how does it apply to the average person or athlete and and what we can kind of do about it. So can you give us like kind of like a brief overview of what HRV is? 
Sure. So the variation of your heartbeat is dictated by different forces, different external stimulus and internal stimulus that are coming in. And so your heart is always working to keep you in this state of balance or homeostasis, right? And so the variation of your heart or heart rate variability is that process in action. So when you might feel some type of stress impact you, your heart is going to respond and you know maybe it speeds up, maybe you started to run up a hill and your heart's like hmm I need to do something to keep this body in balance. And so the heart starts to speed up and you would be able to measure that. You'd be able to see that the changes, the beat to beat changes are, you know, changing in some way. They're, they're either increasing or they're decreasing um, in comparison or in contrast, I should say to, if you were doing some deep breathing exercises, you might see your heart rate start to slow down. You might see that heart rate variability, different parameters of heart rate variability starting to change. Things that might show you more about your resting and relaxation response. And so essentially, it's a non-invasive way that we as people can get a look at the functioning of our autonomic nervous system. And your autonomic nervous system plays a role in pretty much everything in your life and in your body. I mean, it, if you've ever seen like a map of uh, your vagus nerve, for example, mm-hmm. it reaches down and touches pretty much every internal organ. Um, and so you're always getting these different signals coming up that are being relayed into your heart. And very similar to the way that your brain makes decisions, your heart is also making decisions. It's making this calculation of what to do. And then it's sending those signals up to the brain. Uh, to keep you in a state of balance. It's so wild when you think of just like all these, you know, receptors and chemo receptors and, you know, checking like the balance of pHs or like partial pressures of gases or, you know, levels of hydrogen ions and channels and stuff like it's such a crazy complex, you know, oh my gosh, that is like regulated in moments, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's wild. And, you know, I think like, in the lens of, you know, posture, you know what I mean? Like being the perfect posture, right? Like it, sure. it's like the, the same thing with like, you know, is there an optimal heart rate to be in? It's like, well, yeah, if you wake up, you know, from sleep, you shouldn't be like at 120 beats per minute. Um, you should be, you know, a lot lower, like maybe 50 or something like that around there, plus or minus, but you know, the, that that's heart rate variability, like the variation of like the highs and the lows and the extremes. And do you have the ability to have your system experience these like, you know, challenging events or like, you know, or an adrenaline rush or, mm-hmm. you know, something that demands your performance um, whether it's like, you know, catching a kiddo that's falling and being like, you know, dad reflexes or, you know, preparing for a presentation or preparing for like a big sporting event, you know, that all of these things demand our system to be able to respond and respond quickly. Um, and I, I like how you brought in the down regulation too. Like, are you able to slow things down, you know, and, oh, yeah. and tap into that autonomic nervous system? Cause it's autonomic. We can just let it go, you know, run for the rest of our lives and just like, you know, be, you know, kind of like withholding to it, but like you can impact it and, and, and really make a difference from your day to day. Yeah. So, so many good things I want to like dive into for what you just said. Uh, but it is kind of funny, just as a quick aside, 
that it's called the autonomic nervous system because we actually do know now that we have some control over it you know mm -hmm. it's not totally automatic like when you breathe you are influencing your autonomic nervous system and you can consciously breathe so that's mm -hmm. like that's why breath is so powerful and so cool mm -hmm. uh, because it's like this gateway it's this access point into being able to influence these typically uh uninfluenceable <laughs> systems i don't know if that's a word yeah yeah it is on this podcast <laughs> yeah. i make up words all the time <laughs> um but yeah you you bring up uh, a good point i think one of the most useful things about starting to become familiar with heart rate variability is the that down regulation that you brought up and so it's this this breaking system which and i'm i'm no expert on this yet but you have uh, something called vagal tone inside of you, which is kind of a measure of the health of your vagus nerve. And so your vagus nerve is how you downregulate. So if you're like in a stressed out state, you're sitting in traffic and, you know, someone cuts you off and they're beeping their horn. It's like, does that ruin your day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, do you chase that person because you can't calm down and like, you know, whatever comes out of that and getting some epic road rage incident? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, do you have the inner break to be able to take a breath and let that feeling pass by and bring yourself back into a state of like calm or at least capable of going about the rest of your day without that, you know, affecting you so much. Um, and that's applicable across the board. I mean, that's like before going into a presentation, before going into a job interview, you know, before asking someone out on a date or right. sitting into an ice bath or whatever it's going to be, you know, it's like, can you put the brakes on that big rise that's happening? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, you, you talk about like the, you know, it's a funny name called the autonomic nervous system, but I almost think of it like the autopilot. And it's like the autopilot, like if you, if you press on autopilot, like it'll just take you, it'll, you know, keep the, you know, the even altitude and the pressures and like where you need to be and the flight plan will just go. But if you need to like take the reins, you can override that autopilot. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if uh, <laughs> like I, I've seen the movie airplane like so many times with like my grandfather, uh, like growing up and like all those like uh, Mel Brooks like movies and stuff but um it, it's just so funny because like the autopilot was just like this inflatable like tube that just like a pilot just like blew up and uh it, it, it's not important to this conversation but anyways <laughs> um it is it is such an interesting thing that th this is all happening just you know under the hood without having to think but you can make a conscious decision to impact it so you know, we've talked about breath work and like down regulating and stuff like on the other end, like, what are some things that people can do to like, you know, purposefully, like increase their heart rate to those levels and then take them down? Like, what does that look like? Is it like interval stuff? Is it like hill sprinting? Or is it like, and I'm sure there's like tons of ways to do this. But what are some like, like common examples that people could kind of wrap their mind around? Yeah, so improving your heart rate variability, uh, you can do it a variety of ways. I mean, yoga practices, uh, exercise, just any traditional exercise, interval training, sitting in ice water, actually. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to do it. <laughs> meditating, uh, doing deep breathing exercises. And, you know, you're, you're likely improving your vagal tone and your heart rate variability just from your regular daily activities. If you're a fairly active person, 
um, like you said, it's a lot of it's just happening under the hood. So you may live your entire life and never have to worry about this and be incredibly healthy with an optimal range of HRV. Um, there's a little bit of a misconception sometimes where you might think like you always want this higher measure of HRV and typically higher is better. I think right now in society, we see more cases of lower heart rate variability, which is more correlated with all cause mortality. There's mm. a lot of good studies out showing like post heart attack. Uh, if you measure HRV and HRV is lower, it's likely that it's more likely that bad outcomes are going to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, but to bring it back, you're more looking for this optimal range of heart rate variability. You don't want it to be too chaotic, too much variation, but you don't want there to be such a stagnant, you know, your heart is actually not a metronome. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of an old misconception. It, it changes. That's what heart rate variability is. It's that change in beat to beat rhythm. Um, and it's a muscle like it's a muscle just like anything else right so like if you look at like tissue being able to like you know if you're looking through the lens of sports performance like you know fast fast twitch slow twitch muscle Mm -hmm. fiber um you know like how aerobic can it be you know how much can it work before it just kind of like builds up too much of a lactate threshold and then it's just Mm -hmm. not going to perform all that well like I'm sure cardiac muscle tissue is is definitely different in, in how it's comprised for sure. But I mean, the same rule most likely applies that, you know, your ability to have it go really fast and like, can you bring it down? Like I remember when I was training really hard for swimming, we would, we would do um, sprint intervals. And so we would do like, uh, it was like crazy shit too. Like we were doing like uh, swimming with like uh, a parachute and like a weighted, like, um, uh, waist belt and i had like ankle weights and like uh hand with like it was it was awful like it was it was like hearing it out loud it's like crazy barbaric but like it it is just um we would do strip down sets so we would do 50 all-out sprint with all the shit on and then we'd come back and then once your heart rate um dipped below i can't remember now it's been like you know (laughs) over 15 years uh since i've done this type of training but um once it dipped down below and it was just like you know two fingers like on the carotid and just like looking at a clock and like okay when you get you know in 10 seconds if your heart beats as many times go you know and so and (laughs) some people with better heart rate variability and ability to like recover quicker we're going a lot quicker and i'm just like at the the end of the pool just like (sighs) like playing how many beats was that i'm like i think 30 like like, oh my gosh so like i would just have to wait longer but that it meant like my practice was longer which was like for this specific type of set um and then i would go again and then we would strip something else off go again strip something else off um and but yeah like it just the ability you know heart rate variability it's like those those like highs and those lows, but it's like, how quickly can you come back down? And I think that's like an indicator of like your, your fitness in a lot of ways. Um, like how quickly can you recover? Same thing if like you're cycling, right? Like I've been getting into biking a lot more. And if you're, you know, attacking a hill, like how quickly are you, you know, burning through all your glycogen and your muscle, and then you're using lipids. And then, you know, if you hit a lactate threshold and then like you hit the, the crest of the hill and you pedal through it, and then like you're coming on the downhill, actively kind of spinning um and clearing out some of that stuff um you know how quickly can you recover your heart rate and all that kind of stuff that's going on in your body and and be able to perform again and i think that for people who don't 
challenge themselves in these different ways, like if they have like even like a little bit of challenge, right? Like carrying a bunch of groceries up the steps and then just holy mm. shit, like, you know, I'm like, wow. And then they have they don't have the ability to recover like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it's useful for exercise and it's useful for like the everyday stresses of life. For exercise, you see a lot of good uh like fitness trackers now mm-hmm. having a little heart rate variability like indicator. Yeah. And you know, I don't have one yet. Uh I've seen different reviews on a number of them. I know that some are kind of good. They measure uh, a parameter that's called RMSSD, which I'm not going to get too far into the weeds there, but it's like kind of a measure of that parasympathetic or vagal mediated uh, part of heart rate variability. So telling you about your break mechanism. And so that's where you would see like the stronger ability to recover faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you brought this up a little bit earlier, but uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you know, that is actually a really optimal time to take a measurement. So if we were going to make this useful for people, um, if you have one of those fitness trackers, it might tell you, you know, what your recovery is in a given day based on, you know, what it has recorded of your, you know, activities the previous day, the previous week, whatever it is. Um, and what that's trying to tell you, your recovery level is kind of a measurement of this, like, parasympathetic response, this RMSSD or vaguely mediated part of your nervous system, how much stress have you recovered from? And are you ready to take on that next uh, challenge? You know, so are you ready to hit that next lap? If you just had like such a brutal day of training the day before, how much have you actually recovered? And this is where it can become very useful for people because we're always trying to figure out like this optimal recovery arc, you know, to, to train at our best to not overtrain, but not undertrain. And I think this might be one of those useful indicators for athletes and, you know, anyone else interested uh, in trying to figure that out if they have recovered enough, at least the measure of their heart uh, to take on the next day's challenges and how hard they might go. Yeah, you know, and I think this applies to the the average Joe weekend warrior love to just be active, but not like a paid mm-hmm. athlete, right? So it's just like, let's use your example. Like if you've been rolling, you know, jujitsu, you know, four days in a row and you're just like, yeah, I was planning to roll again today, but like, man, I don't know, like, should I, you know what I mean? Like, and if you just had like one piece of data or, you know, a little bit of insight into that you know, a lot of this people can do, you know, through their experiences and they can kind of feel and they can kind of know like, okay, I'm, I'm on the, I'm at the the crux of like maybe mm-hmm. taking it too far. But like, if you're really loving it or, you know, you and your good friend are like playing on it, you're doing it and it's like, okay, well, you know, whatever, I'm just going to do it, you know? So that voice can be very easily kind of tamped down. But um, it, I, I think it is a really cool, if you just had a quick glance of a metric, I'm like, Hey, like what's yeah. my general recovery today? Ooh. Okay. Well, you know what? I was planning on rolling again today, but maybe I just go for a walk with my family. Maybe I just do a little bit of slack lining. Maybe I just toss the Frisbee a little bit, you know, maybe it's not so demanding on my system in that way, like neurologically and physically and stuff. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool metric um, for just the average person. Um, so, and as for everyone, you can decide how deep into the weeds you want to get. Like, if you want to get a whoop, if you want to get an aura ring, 
or if you just want to get like a Fitbit or an Apple watch, like there, there are so many things with, um, you talked about like accuracy and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think that <laughs> I think back to uh, other jobs I've had where people are just like, well, this, this pedometer said I got, you know, 4,000 steps and this, my Apple watch said I got 5,000 steps. And this one said I got 4,500. I'm like, so all pretty much the same, right? Well, they're not exactly the same. I'm like, well, does it matter, right? Like, you know, you're getting about four or 5,000 steps. Like, what's the big deal, you know? And I think that people get really hung up on if it's not perfect and I'm not going to do it at all, right? But it's just like, if you can just have a general idea of like where you're roughly falling on the mark, I I think that's valuable information, you know? And even if it's not perfect, at least you still kind of know, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a great point because at least right now, it doesn't seem like, and I don't know that it's ever going to be perfect unless you're like hooking up an e- ECG to your body. <laughs> unless like, you're in a lab. Every morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like a, a fairly cheap app I'm meaning to uh, purchase. Uh, it's called like Heart Rate Variability for Training. Mm-hmm. And straight up, you can just like use the, uh, the photo sensor of your phone and like scan your finger. And it's been compared like reasonably to other, you know, uh, valid measurements of HRV. But to your point, none of these are going to be perfect. And the more that you can have that inner knowing and start to have that trust in your own, like that gut and heart feeling of, okay, how am I feeling today? Honestly, genuinely, you know, am I ready to take on the challenges of the day or can I be honest with myself or have I been like slacking? Am I totally ready? And maybe I have this story that's telling me that I'm never ready, you know? And so that's where it can be useful to have that little bit of quantification to be like, okay, this is where this says I'm approximately at, but trusting that inner knowing, trusting that, you know, intuition or starting to build your relationship with that inner knowing, because man, sometimes that can be hard to hear. Like if you, if you've been neglecting it for a long time too, like it can be really useful, I think, to have a little bit of quantification to start to like, you know, compare to how you're feeling, what that's saying. Yeah. It's an honest, you know, like I was going to say, it's the honest cup of coffee, but that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Here's the tea. It's the honest cup of coffee. But no, like, I, I think just hearing you say that would be, uh, I think, a cool exercise to go if you were considering like one of these apps or an aura ring or Apple Watch or a whoop or whatever, right? Whatever your pick your poison. If you were considering one of those, I think a cool exercise that you could implement is before you take a look at that metric, before you look at the watch, before you open the app up think i'm a probably bet like and whatever the i don't even know the the metric they give you maybe they, it's like a zero to 100 scale right or maybe it's a whatever mm-hmm. maybe they do it on some percentages of whatever but once you kind of know how they measure it maybe take a guess at where you recovered you know as you're moving around in the morning getting moving and, and thinking back onto your experiences you had you know movement wise exercise wise the day before that whole week and take a guess you know, and, and just assess. And then again, you're building your internal, you know, barometer, your your compass, your ability to know and, and build that relationship with with knowing your body in that way. And I think that's a great way because then you're not just relying on the the tool and, and, and giving this metric and like, oh yeah, you're right. That is how I feel. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you can start to like guess and predict and understand and feel that relationship. I, I think it's a huge benefit and a really cool tool that you don't have to be all or nothing. 
Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So um, that is, uh, you know, heart rate variability in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> again, we're, we've uh, studied a bit of this in, in grad school. Um, you know, I'm, I'm by no means expert. Um, Tyler's read a little bit more into it. But um, we just wanted to kind of give you the, the tip of the iceberg and maybe a little bit below the tip of the iceberg just to, you know, give you an overview of this is something to, to think about in terms of your overall health and wellness and longevity. Um, and we want it to be short and sweet. Um, so we're, we're going to wrap up this episode. But um, if you ever have any questions or if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Clayton.moves, uh, Tyler at Tyler.being. Um, we're more than happy to always continue the conversation with you. Um, and if you like this podcast episode, just uh, let us know. Take a screenshot, share it into your Instagram stories and let us know what you liked about the episode. Um, we always like hearing um, that it lands well with people or that they found value in it. So um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And Tyler, thank you for coming on as always, man. Uh, thank you, Clayton. Talk soon. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs>